I agree with Pastor Nathan. I love uh, age programming. This year I've got to spend my time with the fourth and fifth graders, and they are the coolest kids in the world, but don't tell them. Uh, okay, you can tell them. Uh, I tell them all the time. I think they're the best. Uh, but I also love being with you guys, and I love being together as a body, and God has such an amazing plan for us as a church body and what we can do with each other. Uh, so I'm going to jump right in. Uh, on the screen, you're going to see a picture of um, a dog. Uh, that is actually our dog. So this is Penny. Everybody say hi, Penny. Hi. I'll, I'll tell her you said hi. Uh, she's a pretty good dog. She just turned one, uh, uh, but there are some times that she's a bit rebellious, and you can see that because this week, uh, my wife found this post on Facebook. Uh, actually, on Monday, she found this post on Facebook, and uh, somebody saw her running away, snapped a photo of her, and uh, put it on the Brookings uh, area, lost, Pets Lost and Found. So, that was our dog. Yep. Uh, this person called her a cutie, although that wasn't necessarily the words that we were going to use at that moment for her. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, she was in our yard. We actually have an underground fence, then she has a shot collar. She has the shot collar on. Uh, but she ran through the fence, got shocked, and ran away. And uh, she did eventually come back on her own. Uh, but the comment I made to somebody this week about that was, you know, it's like, it's like she for completely forgot who takes care of her. We feed her, we bathe her, we, we pat her, we give her a safe and warm place to live. She gets everything she needs with us, and yet she's rebellious. She ran away from the place that gives her everything she needs, as if she's going to find anything better out by herself running away, right? And then it hit me. I'm just like my dog. I know exactly who takes care of me. I know who provides for me. I know who keeps me safe. I know who has been faithful to me my whole life. My place of refuge and my place of hope is with God. And he has proven over and over and over again in my life. And yet so many times I have been like my dog and have been rebellious and have run away looking to find something better somewhere else. And as mad as I got about my dog this week, I realized that I have done exactly the same thing to God. I'm just like my dog. I don't wear a shot collar, though. But just like my dog needs training, she's going to need some training. She's better already. Uh, she needs training to help her understand where she belongs, where she needs to stay, right? Just like she needs training, I need to train my heart to keep my hope and trust where it belongs. So we're going to look today in the book of Psalms, and, and we're going to look at a scripture that speaks into our rebellious hearts, and how to train our hearts to put our hope in God. And in a minute, we're going to look at the first seven verses of Psalm 78, which are in your note guide, but not yet, because before we go there, I want to, I want to talk about what happens the rest of the psalm, which we don't have time to read the entire thing this morning, but I want to tell you kind of what's going on. As Psalm 78 goes on, it tells us all about the amazing things that God did for the Israelites, his people. It's, he, he rescued them from slavery. They had been in slavery for hundreds of years. He rescued them from slavery. He split the Red Sea. 
He provided manna from heaven and water, it says in, in, the, in the psalm, it says streaming rivers of water from this rock and this uh, raining down food from heaven is the manna. It tells us about how God led his people with a cloud by day. Every day they were led by a cloud to where they needed to go and every night it was a pillar of fire. Over and over and over, God shows them his wondrous works, his power and his strength and all the reasons that they should be praising the Lord and putting their hope in him. And yet, repeatedly they would sin and rebel against God. God miraculously, and not subtly, might I add, there was nothing subtle about the way that God led the Israelites in the desert. Like, he showed up. It wasn't, if, if, you, weren't, if you didn't see it, you weren't paying attention. Like, I've never seen a, 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 a sea split before. I can't even say it. But like, man, he was miraculous about the way that he led his people for 40 years in the desert. But have you ever asked yourself, why, why did he do that? Because, you know, God, God didn't need to show off his power. Like, he created the heavens and the earth and nobody was watching. He doesn't, he doesn't need anybody to watch what he can do. I mean, he didn't, he didn't say, hey guys, uh, did you know one of my cool tricks is that I can make a manna rain down from heaven? Let me show you this. Like, he didn't need to do that. Why do you think God made it so clear who he was to them? It's because their rebellious hearts needed to be trained to trust God. They needed to understand who he was. They didn't yet know their God because they had been enslaved for hundreds of years and God had been pretty quiet during that time. So God was showing them and training them to trust and put their hope in him. And so they needed all this time in the desert to understand and learn how to trust him. And, and our hearts need that same training too. And now Psalm 78, the first seven verses actually tell us exactly how we can train our hearts so we and the generations to come will keep our hope in the Lord. So let's read this together. It's Psalm 78, one through seven. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded to our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Amen. So how are we to train our hearts? We are to tell the praises of the Lord. We are to tell about his strength and his wondrous works so that we and the generations to come after us will put their hope in God 
and not forget his works. Guys, I am so passionate about passing on the faith. I'm the family ministry pastor here, so it's my job, but it's my passion first, my job second. And I just want, I'm so passionate about understanding what it means to pass on our faith. And I want us to remember what the scripture says, because telling our praise to the generations to come is part of God's plan for passing on the faith, for training our rebellious hearts. And here is the coolest thing, in my opinion, guys. We don't have to do the hard work. God has already done the miraculous. God is the one that split the Red Sea. God is the one that heals people. God is the one that shows his strength and his power and his wondrous works. We just need to talk about it. So we start by asking ourselves the question, what are my praises? When was the last time that you sat down and you made a list of all the things that God has done in your life? You guys, my list is so long. From the smallest of little quirky things that you're like, God, I can't believe you even cared about that little thing, but you did, all the way to the huge milestone moments in my faith, my list of praises is so long. Remembering our praises and what God has done is how we train our hearts to put our hope in him. So answer this question. Really do it. What are your praises? How have you seen God's wondrous works and strength in your own life? And I'm guessing your list is a lot longer than you think. Because your praises include a lot of things. First, your praises include what he has done. What God has done in your past, but also what God has done in the past. All of that are your praises. Because even what God has done in here, the Bible, are part of your story and part of your praises. From the beginning of creation, God has been working his plan to restore our relationship with him. He's been, his, he's been working his plan to send Jesus Christ to restore our relationship with him. And all of that is part of our praises. The Red Sea, that's our praise. That's our testimony. A little bit later in the resurrection, that's our praise. That's our testimony. What he did for you last week, those are our praises. What has he done? But your praises also include not only what he has done, but what he is doing right now. Now, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, all of us in this room today are human. And if, like you, as a human, um, it's a lot more natural for us, uh, talking about our rebellious, sinful hearts, it's a lot more natural for us to actually look at what's wrong with the world and what's not going right and, and to really talk about that a lot. We're really good at that. Anybody else good at that? Yeah, like, yeah, you're not raising your hand. I see you all on social media. You complain a lot, all right? <laughs> so nice try. I'll raise your hand for you. 
Guys, it's so easy to look around and see what's going wrong, but the problem is there's always going to be something wrong. We live in a sinful world with sinful people. We're always going to have something to complain about. Here's the thing. We need to change the question. The question isn't what's going wrong. The question is what is God doing right now? That'll change the answer. Because God, our Father, is a loving Father who is always working your life to do something good. And so you don't need to ask what's wrong. You need to say, what is he doing right now? Because what he's doing right now is a praise. That doesn't mean the situation is great. It means he's working and it's good. So part of your praises are what he has done and part of them is what is he doing right now. But your praises also include what he is going to do. Here's where the Bible also will fill in your praise list. Because we know, we know the end of the story. We know what God has promised to do. And those promises of things to come are your praises. They are part of your testimony, even though they haven't happened yet, because they will happen. And our hope is based upon what we know God is going to do. We know from the story that God is victorious. We know from the story that he's going to completely restore a relationship with him. We know from the story that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth and no more tears and no more pain and no more crying. Talk about wondrous works. Amen. Guys, those are your praises. So ask yourself, what are your praises? What he has done, what he is doing, and what he is going to do. And then this next thing is going to sound a lot more practical and a little less spiritual, but I promise you it's very spiritual. We need to ask ourselves, how am I recording and remembering my praises? I really want to encourage you to write them down. In the age of digital, I give you the permission to type it out. But write them down. And I mean it. Have you ever made a complete list from beginning to end of all the things God has done for you to show you his love and his power and his works? Write them down. Do something. Because remembering our praises of God and our testimony is essential for training our hearts. This is my wallet. And I'm not going to give you money today. There's not money in it, so you don't get any. But one of the things I do uh, to remember to remember, is this little slip of paper that I keep in my wallet. And it's actually been in there for 20 years. Um, and it actually got torn up and started to tear a little bit. And my wife, uh, a few years ago, laminated it for me. Uh, but it's a reminder to me of what God did at a very impactful time in my life. I was 20 years old and I had run out of the boundary fence. I'd gotten shocked and I was looking for my hope somewhere else. Praise the Lord and his grace and him reaching out to me. I came back to him and I recommitted my life to him in college. 
And at the time I was going to this church, I didn't have any money, and, uh, but this pastor at the church wanted me to go to this conference, and so because I didn't have money, he sent me, uh, the church paid for me to go to this conference. So I went to the conference um, as I was being discipled and, and figuring out uh, what it means to follow Christ again, and um, I get to the conference, I went by myself, I get there, and I lock my keys in my car. Uh, woohoo, right? So I was super excited about that. I had to call a locksmith, and it was 50 bucks uh, to unlock my car. And I know it's not like a huge deal, but at the time, it felt like a big deal. I didn't have 50 bucks, and, um, and it was just frustrating. I here I was trying to, like, you know, commit my life to Christ and do the right thing, and, and it just felt really frustrating at the time. And so I was, I had called the locksmith, he came and unlocked the car, and then I was sitting down at lunch at this conference. I was by myself, didn't know anybody, hadn't talked to anybody. And all of a sudden, somebody comes up to me, and they hand me an envelope. And all they said was, somebody told me to give this to you. They said that God told them that you needed it. And then they walked away. And I opened up the envelope, and there was 50 bucks. And you guys, it wasn't about the 50 bucks. Also in that was this little slip of paper that has actually a deposit slip. It doesn't have any information on it. I think they just accidentally left it in that envelope. Uh, But man, I just started crying at that moment. Because I knew that God was right next to me. And all the places I'd been looking for hope and provision, like man, he was right there. And so I kept this. I put it in my wallet 20 years ago and I have never taken it out. And every time I see it, every time I see it, I look at it and remember that God provides in everything. The same God that split the Red Sea and rained down manna from heaven cared about a 20-year-old guy sitting by himself that needed 50 bucks. And every time I see it, it's a training for my rebellious heart to remember that I can put my trust in him, that I don't need to look anywhere else for my hope, that I can put it right in God's will. So how do you record and remember your praises? If you don't think you need to do that, I just encourage you... um, Take a couple minutes, hours, and read the Old Testament. Come back to me, and I just want you to tell me how many times the Israelites forgot about God. And I'm going to give you a little hint if you haven't. It's the entire Old Testament. (laughs) The whole thing. You need to remember. Because it's part of teaching our hearts to trust Him. But here's the deal, guys. It's not just for our hearts. Psalm 78 says that we need to tell the generations to come about our praises so they can put their hope and their trust in him. So who do you need to tell? We have got to share so that the generations to come will put their hope in God so that their hearts can be trained and molded to sing the praises of God, to know and to see his wondrous works. 
And honestly, as I was writing this this week, I realized that I have got all these praises that I honestly have not shared nearly enough. So who do you need to tell? Because it's Generation Sunday today, I actually asked a couple of families in our church uh, who have several generations uh, to, to, to tell us about their testimony and their praises, how they have seen God work in their lives and how they share with the generations in their families. So let's take a look. I think our biggest praise is finding each other. Um, you know, it's nice to have a godly wife. That was a big thing for me, to have a godly wife, somebody that knew God and wanted to go to church with me and, you know, get deeper into that, that relationship with Christ. And having godly children? Yeah. That's a big praise. That's a huge praise. <laughs> I mean, where, where do you start with praises or where do you end with praises? I mean. We have a lifetime of praises. Yeah. Well, and a big praise for me is a year ago I was really, really sick and oh. the church prayed Great. for me. Yeah. And today I'm better. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a big deal for me. And that's not the only praise that we've had. We've had oh, yeah. a, a lifetime of praises together yeah. in, the, in the 31 years we've been married. So Mostly joyful. Mostly joyful. <laughs> So we've been growing together and we'll always grow together. <laughs> it's never ending. There's never a point where you learn everything. <laughs> yeah, starting out with uh, how we met, it was a blind date actually from a mutual friend. And honestly, the last, how long have we been married? 12 years? 2011, something. Yeah, right in there. Um, you know. We've really grown together and um, gotten through a lot of different storms together and I really um, praise the Lord for the husband he gave me. Really amazing to know the strength of the Lord um, and that he's just, you know, making a way and just continuing to trust that He's always been my healer, he is my healer, and he always will be my healer. Whatever goes wrong with things, I have a certain level of, uh, everything's gonna be okay, because the Lord has it in its hands. And I just try to pass that along. Josephina had a, I don't know, I, I still don't know what it was, um, but from the time she was one, to the time she was three, she would, if she fell down and hit the back of her head, she would pass out um, and like stop breathing. And it, it was really traumatic for me. Um, it happened several times. Yeah. Yeah, one time it was at the church and Cindy and Denny had saw it and they were, it was really scary. Um, but anyway, we had a, a doctor appointment coming up and I was reading in Isaiah and that verse that says I am doing a new thing um, see I have made um, streams in the wasteland I don't remember what verse it is but 
right then I knew that the Lord had healed her. He just impressed that on me. I don't know how, obviously through his spirit. Um, but when I told Lane that, he's like, I'm all on board. My faith is gonna match up to yours and we're gonna believe. And we had the doctor appointment and they couldn't find anything and nothing she, ever happened again after that. She <laughs> hit her head not long after that and nothing. Nothing happened, yeah. All right, if you were gonna tell anybody and everybody about who God is and how amazing he is, what would you want them to know? That he can heal you no matter what happens. He's good. That God is good. That's what amazing, isn't it? Yeah. praises. I have many praises. Um, I'll start with, I'm so thankful God revealed himself to me when I was a freshman in high school, and I'm so thankful for the Bible. Uh, I'm so thankful that by God's grace, he's given me a loving husband and two children, Tyler and Tanya, and we have five grandchildren that also love the Lord. So we're very thankful for that. And I'm very thankful for God's protection, direction, and provision through all these years of our marriage, 40, coming up on 41. I'm glad she knows what year it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thankful too, and I have praises too from uh, childhood on up through adulthood. And I'm thinking of my grandparents who instilled faith in me and prayed for me as I grew. And my, my mom and dad too were real supportive in, in the Christian faith. And, like Carol said, we have two wonderful children that serve the Lord in, in their business and in their community. And uh, just thankful for, for provision and um, God's guidance in our lives. Um, I could just go on and on about this because I think it's so important to put our faith in the Lord. His word gives us direction, comfort, hope, and life. He's faithful through all the ups and downs. And um, he provides us the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, and so on. And we're just so, I'm so thankful that we have that solid rock to stand on, um, that we have a firm foundation, and the Bible is our map. Yeah, I've, uh, I think sharing um, my faith with the generations before and after is just leading by example. And um, when the topic comes up, just to share Bible verses or um, my faith and my testimony with, with those generations. One story that comes to my mind is um, just God's covenant love, His presence to, with us. Um, we had a miscarriage before Zadok was born, and I remember being in the doctor's office. She's about to give us the news, and I remember just the peace of the Lord just coming over me before she even delivered the bad news to us. And I was really amazed at just His peace and His presence. It was just with us in that difficult time and carried us through that season of life. The peace of being in difficult situations, but when you trust in the Lord and walk with the Holy Spirit in those moments, 
how even though everything around myself would be like chaotic, you have the inner peace of knowing the Holy Spirit's got you and gonna see you through that situation. We have, all of our grandparents are kind of at a stage of end of life stage or have recently passed away and it's been cool for me to think about the legacy that they left and the families that they have raised up and all the different people that love the Lord as a result. It's pretty cool. For me, one way I like to remind them is just being outside in nature. Like I love to be outdoors, hunting, fishing, hiking with the kids. And it's so easy when the sun sets or the sun rises just to point and say, look at what God did today. It's a little gift that's immaculately beautiful. Every single day he reminds us of his goodness in those moments. I think that constant reminder like God is present and he is good no matter what. Uh, it's so important for us to know the Word of God so that we can look back on His faithfulness. And it's important for us to talk about what is God is doing in our midst so that we can talk about His faithfulness to us now. And it's important for us to talk about what's coming and look forward to our inheritance that's going to be more than we could imagine and, and daydream about it and talk to one another about it and encourage one another on towards um, when, when He creates the new heaven and the new earth. It's going to be awesome. And we should set our hope on it and our hearts on it. Um, and set our hearts on Him. He died on the cross to Has someone ever told you about God uh, or all the amazing things He's done and, and has it meant something to how what you think about God? Mom, my dad, um, Hannah. Grandma and Grandpa. Sometimes they talk. So what is something, like maybe the biggest thing that you think is the most important to tell? He can do anything. One of the things I loved about watching that was uh, God really has a plan in that. He has a plan for how He shows us who He is and how we tell the generations to come. The other thing I loved, uh, and I, it was just there at the end, I don't know if you caught it, but Zadok and Hannah there at the end, when I asked, who has told you about God and how has that, how has that impacted your faith? And they both mentioned each other. So kids, today as you're listening, remember that this isn't just for your grandparents and your parents. This is for you guys because what you say and what you see about God matters to everybody else. Absolutely matters to our faith. So guys, today as we end, I just want to remind you that, again, we don't have to do the hard work. The miraculous, the wonder, all of that, like the healing, like that's God. None of the things they mentioned were things that they did. God did that. All we have to do is tell about it. And it's tell about what God has done, what he's doing and what he's going to do. And then tell somebody about it. <laughs>